Hello and welcome. My name is Tim. Uh, they call me Axial. And I'm Herfy Durfy. And this is Go Mode, A Link to the Past Randomizer podcast. And right now, during this episode, I think we might be setting a record for latest record before the episode actually releases. Um, we're kind of pretty close on this one. This is this is pretty breaking right here. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot later than we usually record. I mean, not a lot to be honest, but a couple of days. Yeah, not not too much, I guess. But uh, I guess the whole weekday thing is what throws it off a little bit. Normally, we're recording on the uh, weekend, and uh, you know, we'll have a little bit of time to edit and do some post stuff, and then you know, post the episode Tuesday night. This time, it is Monday afternoon, basically Monday evening here on the East Coast where Axe and I are. So. Got a little over 24 hours, and then this bad boy's going out. So uh, yeah, we do it because we love you guys. <laughs> yeah, apologies. Mm-hmm. The, I'm the reason for the scheduling issue. My wonderful fiance and I had an engagement party back in our hometown, so we were away all weekend and uh, just got back today. So this is the uh, the time we're recording. So thank you for to my wonderful co-hosts for uh, playing along on this one. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Oh, well, y'all know, first of all, I didn't know that was the reason, so now I sort of feel bad. And second of all, as you guys know, I'm always happy to talk about A Link to the Past Randomizer with you, no matter what day or time of day it is. So let's get started, shall we? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, I don't know, we've uh, we've got a whole bunch of stuff on the news list. Uh, In particular, the big things are there was a half version update, I suppose, and uh, ALTTPR League has finished. And we have some updates on our Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament, uh, which I guess is still the... We're still working on an official name, but that's the tentative name. And uh, I'll let everybody know how registration and all that is going there. But I figure we'll start off, let's talk about the uh, sprites that they added for V30 and a half and uh, the other things that um, have come in in V30 and a half. Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, there was a, as you mentioned, a V30.5 update to A Link to the Past Randomizer, this game that we all play and love so much. So let's talk a little bit about some of the changes. Uh, it's a very minor maintenance release. I'm going off of Synax, uh announcement on the uh, Go Mode, or sorry, the uh, Link to the Past Randomizer Discord. As we've mentioned, the announcements channel, pretty much the main source of any you know news uh, is this this Discord here. So. There was a release that 30.5 is live. A uh, couple of quick things changed. Honestly, not a lot of it's too crazy except for uh, the, the one thing um, that, that Axe mentioned, which are the new sprites. So Entrance Randomizer has been updated to version 0.6.2. I suppose that fixes some logic fixes and uh, hints uh, are now being uh, introduced into Entrance Randomizer. I'm sure that probably wasn't easy to coordinate, so that's, that's cool that they were able to do that. So we've got uh, the entrance randomizer uh, update there, which is cool. And then there's some website bug fixes, which kind of almost doesn't even seem like they should include that in, you know, version differences. But I guess it's probably related. Uh, and then we got these new sprites. So everybody go ahead and head on over to the Link to the Past randomizer website. That's ALTTPR.com. And uh, we'll, we'll put a link in the description as well. And in the top menu, if you go under help, uh, a little bit of a ways down there, sprite options. And this is a page where they show you all of the available sprites that you can play with. Um, now, we didn't go through this time and denote which ones are for sure new versus which ones are pre-existing. But if you have you know, watched even a little bit of Rando and, and seen some of the different sprites, it's very clear from the 
from the start that there are a lot of new sprites on this list. Um, did you guys get a chance to scroll through and, and find anything that uh, spoke to you? Well, the most important news, and this, uh, I wish we could have like big flashing sirens around and like a, a banner and all kinds of other things, but my friends, my favorite sprite, Chunky Samus, the girl herself is back. <laughs> Chunky Samus. The, the, so there was an update, right, that changed the Samus yep. that, that you were pretty upset about. I, I was, well, you know, the same author, then as Fish underscore Waffle 64, made both of them. And uh, I will admit, Chunky Samus, uh, you know, she's, uh, well, Chunky. But uh, I love her all the same. And uh, She doesn't really resemble the classic Samus that we you know, know and love from the Nintendo or Super Nintendo versions. Nope. But she does fit a lot more into, like, the normal kind of Link to the Past sprite yeah, big, sort big of head size. And kind of, yeah. Yeah, so I I always loved that sprite because it basically was, like, the Link's body proportions but looked like Samus. Uh, the new Samus, <laughs> while much more accurate to what she actually looks like, I, I always had a little more problems lining things up and doing all that. But there's a, like... Basically, if you like anything, you will find something. I'm just looking. I see Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah. I see... Yeah. <laughs> my fiancé just said, ooh, up to that. <laughs> uh, there's, like, a, there's Tingle. There's... Uh, there's every, a stick man here. Yeah. It's, there's... Uh, Tetra Sheet. Some of these are so, like, obscure. Like, I don't, I don't even know where they're from. Probably a lot of them are... You know, individual streamers. I, I see a few that I think I might recognize as streamers that, you know, one of their fans maybe made them a uh, sprite set. And then it's apparently really easy, as we learned from VTorp, to go ahead and upload those and make them available to everybody. So I think that's how we get a lot of those and why we don't recognize so many of them. But there are quite a few uh, recognizable ones, too. I'm just scrolling through here a little bit yeah, they, more. they have Frisk uh, from Undertale. And actually... I just I was yeah. just looking at that one. Uh, yeah, they said... Uh, the credits are interesting. I don't know if Toby provided it and it got edited or exactly what the deal is there. But that seems interesting because they're giving Toby Fox some credit for that. So I don't know if yeah, that's just because they ripped it from the game or what. Um, I would assume yeah. so, yeah. I don't see any others that attribute the original author. But most of them are like official you know, Nintendo sprites from other games and things like that. So maybe that's why. Yeah. I don't know. I would assume that's probably just a field that you fill out when you're submitting these and somebody just wanted to give, you know, the man Toby Fox a quick shout out and just kind of put that in there and that's how it ended up there. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of Pokemon that got added. So if you're a big Pokemon mm -hmm. fan, you can play as some very random Pokemon, you know, Pokemon that I would not see think would be kind of the first pick uh to come in like a yeah. like a dragonite not uh yeah not everybody's favorite but you know if you're a dragonite fan now that's there that's there now yeah exactly uh speaking of not there uh very uh disappointed to report that there does not seem to be an uncle sprite that has been added uh, <laughs> oh again, no I, I don't understand why this is so hard Somebody just make me an uncle. <laughs> just do what I'm telling you to do. I don't understand why it's so hard. Let's um, maybe I'll maybe I'll just learn how to do it. I don't know. Yeah, just just make it. You know, and uh, imagine it's pretty easy because the sprite's already in the game. You just have to add some animations. Okay. Well, I heard the reason that they don't have one is because like the proportions aren't quite right. So it seems like it probably would be a pain in the butt. I mean, it is surprising there isn't one already. Uh, there's got to be a reason for that. You'd, you'd imagine so. 
Yeah. But uh, I'm determined. I'm, I'm feeling pretty determined at this point, and I, I might just have to figure it out on my own. We'll see. <laughs> well, yeah, because we've got a can of soda before we got the uh, the uncle, so. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, It well, looks like anyway. not Sprite. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Sprite knockoff. Yeah. Um, there's also another one added, I believe. I'm pretty sure this is new, of medallions that uses the ether bombos and quake medallions uh depending on you know the animation it'll change up and stuff like that it's pretty weird but uh you know there's a lot of creativity out there that that was made by uh mike trethaway who uh, you see his name pop up a lot here so um yeah, yeah there's also cool contributions uh, there's tiny minish link from uh the minish cap game you know one can go big or small and uh someone decided to add the very very small minish link uh it's about three pixels i think um yeah. plus a giant shadow so uh you can have fun with that one that's cool yeah so anyway uh just you know go go check these out if you weren't aware uh there's some uh, lots of new sprites that are added and go check out this list and maybe you'll you'll find your new main so all right let's move on we wanted to come to you guys and give you an update on the go mode tournament um, we've had some questions about, you know, participation. We imagine some people are probably curious. So, uh, Axe, go ahead and take it away. Tell us a little bit about how things are going. Yeah, so first, uh, shout out and thank you to the 31 people so far who have filled out the survey. Again, the survey will remain open until the end of the month. So, um, so we're recording this on Monday. It'll come out on Wednesday, so you'll have uh, a little more than seven days to get those uh, those final responses in. Um to, you know, one of the things that I know we heard and uh, we were concerned about internally, but I know people were voicing concern about is that we would have uh, too many mentors and not enough participants or too many participants and not enough mentors. And I am happy to say that with about a week to go or so, we are at 18 participants and 13 mentors. Um, you know, it's a little higher on the participant side than the mentor side, but that's, you know, pretty close to you know one-to-one -one. uh again because you never know people might say oh i was planning to play and then uh dropped out but um that that's looking pretty good there do we want to talk about uh, average finish time and seeds played and all those fun stats uh yeah just kind of a, a bird's eye of each of these you know yeah so uh i would say the majority of the players are right in where we want um pretty much everybody is in that you know if you add up the 2 to 229 and the 230 to 259 group, that's more than half the participants. Um, the less than 150 group pretty much is just lining up exactly to the mentors, which is ideal. That's what we were looking for. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Not very many in the 150 to 159 group, only one person. So that's that. not a lot in there. But that makes sense because that's usually when you're in that short, that small of a range, you're going to be able to break through and uh, get down less than 150 pretty quickly after that. Um, a lot of people playing, though, most 52% of our respondents have played more than 50 seeds. Uh, again, that's... But that includes mentors and participants. Yep, that's going to be mentors and participants. So, um, you know, I'm imagining all our mentors have played more than 50. Um, but then if you exclude that group, things are pretty evenly, you know, split between less than 10 25 to 10 and 50 to 25 um 
Yeah. Now, so and the other ones I think are a little more specific. You know, we ask we ask you guys some questions about uh, your game knowledge. Um, you, you know, your knowledge of the layout of the game. You know, progression and race experience and things like that. Um, it all you know pretty much folded out about about how you would think. Um, did you see anything in you know maybe the comments that you that you thought was interesting or wanted well, to share? I did see that five people said they can hover. Uh, I don't have until we close the server. I can't actually see who that all yeah, well, ties to. But if you are playing this tournament and can hover, you should not be playing in this tournament. <laughs> yeah, you should be a mentor yeah. for sure. So, yeah. um, no, like a lot of really positive comments. People saying, "Oh, you know, I'm interested in helping out. If they need people to do restreams or commenting or." Um, you know, doing things on the back end, which is awesome. Uh, we will definitely be keeping a list of those people and, uh, you know, re maybe reaching out to you if that's something that you said. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of excitement. Um, some people are saying, oh, you know, I could be either a participant or a mentor. I feel like I'm kind of on the, the edge talent-wise. And, you know, for that, we'll, uh, you know, if you're not sure, we can follow up with you once everything's closed out. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's sort of the overall update on the tournament signups. Did you guys have any uh, other questions or things that we wanted to get into on that? Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about um, to, uh, some more details of the tournament. Because uh, we, we've talked a little bit about them, and maybe we can you know, share some of those. Um, one is the format, uh, which you know, obviously is a, a you know, big question that, that uh, more than a few people have had, and I think that's fair. Uh, we want this to be, you know, uh, easy for people to get into and representative of sort of the main randomizer experience, you know. So for that reason, things like hard seeds and insane seeds and um, even all dungeons, I think uh, we, we want to stay away from stuff like that. Uh, so we've identified both standard and open at the normal level to be the games that we're going to, you know, uh, the, the participants are going to be playing the game modes. Um I was thinking it could be good to start with standard, maybe in our first round of games, whether that be a group round or a Swiss or, you know, whether we start right in brackets. I was thinking early stages could be standard. Then as we get a little further into the tournament, we switch to open so we can see a little bit more variation, um, you know, especially in the in the early game. Um, so that's what I'm thinking. What do, you, what do you guys think about something like that? I, I remember when we were talking about that and you brought up the standard versus open thing, and I thought that was a wonderful idea because this is a tournament intended to teach and be for newer players and the standard opening while somewhat execution heavy at least gives usually gives you enough to get going and uh feel pretty confident and pretty comfortable so uh i like that we're we're thinking to start out and uh only do standard mode until we're a little deeper into things yeah now you know i mentioned group uh you know group rounds swiss rounds brackets that i think we're still working on you know uh, we obviously have a much better idea of participation numbers at this point at this stage of the game about two weeks in but i think we're probably going to need to wait until we pretty much have capped registration which again to reiterate it's going to be the end of this month so uh next friday uh the friday after you know if you're listening to this the week it comes out next friday it will be the final day to submit your registration um and then i would imagine probably that weekend we'll be releasing some more details with you know getting really specific at that point about exactly what you can expect and you know what what the format will be um so if you have specific questions uh, we've had a few people ask some in the, in our discord uh which check the link for a description we'll add that 
Um, any specific questions, feel free to reach out to us in the Discord, shoot us an email. Um, we'll try to answer as many of those as soon as we can. Um, but do stay up to date, um, you know, as, as best you can in terms of, you know, our Discord and, and listening to episodes as they come out for updates on that tournament. Which, by the way, I know it's not super uh, catchy, but I'm thinking probably just Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament. Uh, so like, you know, GMPMT for short. So so if you see that, that's what that is. I know that sucks, but at least, you know, perfectly <laughs> describes what we're doing here. So Yeah. One thing, Herf, I wanted to, to kick the can, or not can, but the kind of ball to you on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you as a tournament admin, you know, obviously you've seen all kinds of different sizes in terms of participation. Would you be able to, to kind of talk a little bit about what you, as someone who's who's run this before, looks for in terms of setting up the early stages of a tournament and how that relates to the you know number of participants, the format, and, and things like that? Um, yeah, I can try. It's a little bit hard for me to talk about that because with the main tournament where I'm part of, it's usually we just decide on what mostly turns out to be qualifiers these days just because of the big expected amount of people coming in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in that regard, it's different for us since we just try to set up times that are most accessible for everyone, and then we just open the floodgates and see who gets through, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it works for us. So this is a different situation where we can, you know, we have signups and people like there's not really a limit probably because we won't get like hundreds of people signing up for this all of a sudden. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it's a it's a little bit of a different approach. I I think the first thing is to decide the the like the format of what you want to do. Like if we want to do groups, which uh, might make it a little longer, or if you want to start right out into brackets, and then if we decide for brackets, we need to decide if you want to make it a double elimination, maybe with a losers bracket where someone has a chance to come back. that's kind of the way i'm leaning honestly with with the group uh you know it kind of forces people to have to be available whenever we run it um and i you know another aspect of this tournament i think is really important is trying to work with people's really busy schedules and make it easy for them to commit to a Mm -hmm. time and Mm -hmm. and you know, when, when you're dealing with a bracket, it's a lot easier. It's You just have to coordinate with that one other person. Yeah. Uh, now, we will have mentors to work on, you know, as well, which we, we need to also discuss some of the details of that. But um, I'm sort of leaning towards bracket, especially since everyone has chimed in on their experience level. And we can kind of behind the scenes sort of match people up with someone who's going to be roughly their skill level based on the way that you answered the the. Um, you know, the registration form. Yeah, so I'm kind of on the same side here with Timp and Herf in that, you know, bracket start is, I think, where we're leaning. And it may not be kind of a traditional Swiss bracket, but to what Timp is saying, you know, we don't want a situation where who we would judge to be the number one overall seed is playing the weakest person because, again, the purpose of this is not to figure out who's the best, but to have everybody learn. So we'd probably have who we judge to be the number one play the number two in the first round and the number three play four and so on down the line so that everybody has a an equal-ish matchup to start and uh, then depending on what we do in terms of reseeding or not uh, we'll determine what happens in the later rounds yeah exactly um any final thoughts on this tournament before we uh move on with our program here 
All right. Sounds great. <laughs> so I guess we're ready to move on. Cool. All right, Herf, let me pass it over to you. We had one uh, final little bit of news that we wanted to cover. This actually was just announced, as, as far as I'm aware, this morning. So it's kind of cool that we waited this long to record this episode, because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to report on this. So. Yeah, it actually kind of worked out in our favor. It was just announced that the first season of the ALTTPR League concluded, and... Uh, Big shout-outs from us here at the GOMO podcast to Team Sugoi, or Team Awesome, as they're named, okay. uh, who uh, who won the whole right. thing. Yay! Uh, nice. A very nice showing. Uh, apparently also, uh, in total, a very nice experience for everyone involved. I can't speak for the admins, unfortunately, but uh, everyone I've talked to has enjoyed it greatly. It was uh, It went on for quite some time, but it was you know, spread out, so you had to play maybe one match a week, and it was pretty nice because you had two teammates, and uh, people seemed to like it. They also announced in their announcement on their Discord that they're uh, set for a Season 2, which will probably be around early 2020, which seems like what the early announcement uh, indicates <laughs> at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it, you know, it seems like it's really far away. For me, this is just something I need to get over in general. Every time I hear the year 2020, it, it seems like science fiction, like distant future to me. You know, there's that date, mm-hmm. something about it. Um, yeah, but, I mean, that's, uh, that's six, seven months away. <laughs> yeah, seven months away only. So, mm-hmm. and in fact, a little less because we're, we're just about into June here. So, yep. yeah, it's coming up, uh, you know, sort, sort of more like a... Uh, you know, like sports teams, they'll do a once a year kind of thing. That's how their seasons work. So it's cool that they're doing the same thing. And I also saw that they are definitely interested in taking feedback from this year, things that worked, things that didn't, and applying that to next year, which, you know, you always like to, to hear that something's going to get better because they've learned from, you know, their experiences. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, you know what? There actually is one more thing. I'm on the ALTTP randomizer Discord, the main one again. Um, and there was an announcement that uh, came along with that V30.5 announcement, which, by the way, was announced May 9th. Uh, there was also the announcement of a new cross-world key sanity tournament, which they're calling Cross Keys, way snappier than Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament. Um, but that released on May 9th, and uh, we'll go ahead and put a link to the Discord uh, to that server in our description. So... Obviously, that's going to appeal to our more uh, accomplished players uh, if you're doing cross-world key sanity. Um, actually, do we want to explain real quick what, what that involves in cross-world key sanity? Sure. Uh, it's run by a bunch it of involves... friends of mine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. No problem. I was just going to say... Joke and say it involves a, a very long, painful uh, experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of. That, I mean, that's pretty much the gist of it. Uh, the tournament is, I said, is run by a couple of my friends, and uh, Crossworld Key Sanity is basically an entrance randomizer set on a higher difficulty where it will also cross from the light into the dark world, sometimes if you enter an entrance, uh, mixed with Key Sanity. So you're looking for your keys everywhere, as well as trying to find the right entrances to everything that you need. So it's entrance, but Crossworld is a type of entrance randomizer that means that it could send you to light or dark world depending on where you walk in. Yeah, exactly. So if you gotcha. usually in the normal setting or in the easier settings for entrance randomizer, if you walk into a light world entrance, you'll enter up somewhere in the light world. And if you enter somewhere in a dark world entrance, you'll enter somewhere in the dark world. But with Crossworld, 
you enter in the light world and you can basically end up anywhere more or less. Wow. Well, that sounds difficult, but probably a lot of fun to watch. So uh, if you're really good, go ahead and see about uh, signing up for that one. If you want to kind of test your metal at the very least, I would recommend everyone check it out. Uh, you know, stay up to date on their schedule and, and check a few of those out because they should be pretty entertaining. Uh, I also, while we're talking about it, I want to give a quick shout out. I think they're still looking for volunteers. So if you're interested or have any experience with commentating or anything like that, you might want to reach out to them. Uh, of course, since it's cross-world key sanity, it's a little bit more on the complicated side. So if you're new to commentating rando, you might not be the perfect fit for it. But if you're a little bit more of a veteran or you have interest in that kind of stuff, maybe they'll uh, give you a shot. Even the tracking would probably be kind of complicated, huh? Yeah, I mean, the trackers <laughs> kind of, you have to, mostly you have to pay attention to the keys. You can't really track the entrances in an effective way that will also make sense to be displayed on the stream. Mm -hmm. So that's a little hard to track, but for, you definitely need to have some experience for tracking keys correctly. Yeah, that sounds fair. Cool. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get into our feature. Very excited about this one. Uh, let's go ahead and call that bird. Okay, so what we thought it'd be fun to do this time is, uh, and, and this was actually in conjunction from a suggestion that we got, uh, an email that we let read in our last episode from underscore CP. So shout out to you, underscore CP. Uh, thank you for the suggestion. What we would like to do this time in preparation for the Go Mode podcast mentor tournament, um, and also just because it, it makes for, I, I think, you know, good conversation and, and a good episode topic is we want to talk about when you have time to practice, what do you practice? How do you possibly decide what order that you need to practice things in? Uh, and we'll even go a step further and give you our official Go Mode podcast top 10 list of randomizer tricks to master uh, whenever you have a little time to practice, and especially in preparation for this tournament coming up. So that's what we're going to do today uh, for the next uh, minutes. We don't know how long it'll take, but uh, we'll, we'll find <laughs> out here together. Um, and before we get too deep into things, what we need to do is define what counts as a trick. Because there are a lot of different, you know, things you can work on, you know, aspects of the game. One of them I think would be, you know, for instance, um, you know, trying to practice your routing and maybe watching a little, you know, a little bit of randomizer to get an idea of, okay, when you have this, maybe you should go here. I've been going there. That's not really what we're talking about, right? It is important to know that, and it's it's good knowledge, but it's not really a, a tip or, you know, a trick that you can practice. And that, that's really what we want to talk about. So what are we going to define as a trick for the purpose of this list that we're creating? You guys have any thoughts on that? Uh, I think a lot of people, when they hear tricks, especially in regards to the randomizer, they start thinking about the various glitches that people usually do. And yeah. uh, I would say be a minor or a major glitch does not automatically exclude it from being a trick, but not all tricks are glitches. Yeah, I think that's really well said. Yeah. I, that's that's exactly right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, so that's, uh, that's, I think, like probably the most important distinction to make that we're not only going to be talking about, you know, bomb jumps or dark rooms or whatever else you can think of. We're also going to be talking about some stuff that, you know, is a trick, but not something that breaks the game necessarily. Right, like mm -hmm. being able to do green mail cold stare with a fighter sword is uh, 
it's not really a trick because you're not or a glitch or anything but uh it takes a lot of talent and you need to know the game mechanics pretty well to do it yeah and i'll even take that a step further i totally agree with with all that uh i i would say specifically for a link to the past randomizer we're going to be talking about tricks as something that doesn't come up in vanilla so you know low percent boss battles like you say like a a green male a vitreous or something like that i i would say that counts as like something that's worth practicing that would qualify for this list because it's not something you would ever encounter in vanilla um once you get into vanilla execution type stuff you're you're almost kind of looking more at practicing for nmg or no major glitches which is a speedrun category of a link to the past which is also something maybe worth talking about one day but i think these should all specifically be things that come up during a randomizer seed a typical seed uh, that you either know it or you don't and you really just kind of need to take time to practice it and put until you can say that you have that in your back pocket and you're not going to let something like that coming up stop you from being able to move forward in the seed so that's another kind of definition i wanted to put on this list that we're going to be creating together yeah we'll probably argue that a little bit if i'm being honest <laughs> i, I can't <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say because you know theoretically if you're doing an nmg run you are fighting cold stare with a pretty you know, pathetic list of uh, equipment. Now, it's not quite as pathetic as green mail, fighter sword, and hammer, but it's pretty close. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I... Go I, ahead. Go I, ahead. I, I just wanted to say that there's... For me, there's two things to what you just said. The first right. thing is, I would personally not count a low equipment cold surf fight as a trick. That's a skill, maybe... That's your rando skill, but that's yeah, not a trick. Okay, yeah, no, you're that's not, that's a fair point. You know, yeah, you're not full fair. enough a trick to kill cold steer with low equipment. You're just good enough to do it. That's not a trick you can learn. That's just something you get better at. Right, like there's, but, it's not like it's not like there's a pattern. It's just knowing yeah, the game. It, it's like, not it, like to take one of my tricks. Like I don't want to, you know, go too far into the episode already, but like a low percent cold steer fight is not the quick opening for King's Tomb. That will be a trick to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so, you know, maybe that almost means maybe we should change the name of this list because I, I think <laughs> I want this to I want this to essentially be just like I said. When you have time to practice, how do you prioritize what to practice? Her, you had a second thing to what you were saying before, right? Why don't you go ahead with that? Uh, I was just gonna say that um, you were saying uh, stuff that only comes up in a randomizer. Uh, that's probably a little bit nitpicky from me, but you'll also be doing bomb jumps and stuff like that in an NMG run. So I think just excluding stuff that could happen in NMG or just purely focusing on situations that could only happen in rando might make it a little too, you know... No, you're right about that. List. You're right about that, especially since Ice Palace bomb jump would fall onto that list. Right, exactly. And then that absolutely needs to be... Uh, included so yeah you guys are right so <laughs> I, I guess <laughs> as we are working through you know we'll debate Th that's that's what i was going to say before is here here's what i'm imagining for this so I'm, I'm thinking each of us should go around and give one of these tricks that we've identified that we think should make this top 10 list and uh explain why and and i think when you explain why you should hit on how difficult is it you know how much time are you going to have to invest in being able to perfect this or at the very least be able to pull it off one in every three attempts or so versus how often does it come up 
You know, mm-hmm. how, how useful mm-hmm. is it to even know this? You know, because there are ones that are easy to learn, but they never come up. So that probably isn't worth including in our top 10 list. There are also ones that are really hard to learn that, you know, come up pretty frequently. So even though it's hard, you should take the time to learn it. You know, mm-hmm. that, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So, um, so I guess we've kind of laid out all the ground rules. I, last thing I wanted to say is I do think for this list, and feel free to uh, push back if, if you don't agree, I think <laughs> all dark rooms should be separated. And I think all bomb jumps should be separated as well. Oh, I agree. That's, that's Yeah. Yeah, because some of them are much more common than others and uh, have a lot more use. And, I, you know, spoiler alert for those listening at home, I already put my list in our kind of planning document. So if you guys look at it, you'll see I already separated them out. That's fine. You, you've got yeah. a little bit of advantage. I have my own list, and I, I'm pretty sure Herf does too. I heard he was working on it at the beginning uh, before we recorded. So you've got yours. I'm looking at mine over here. I haven't even ranked mine. I think I'm just going to kind of do it by gut feeling. So Yeah, um, <laughs> Yeah. So, well, and with that, I guess let's go ahead and start with Axe since you've you've got your list public. Um, let's, let's start with your first nomination for our top ten list. All right. So uh, this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone who is listened to this podcast for a while or played some randomizer or even played nmg but the most important glitch slash trick to learn above everything else if you could only have one thing it's the ice palace bomb jump because it comes up almost not every single seed but pretty close to it and it saves so much time that to not know it is to really put yourself at a disadvantage and, uh, you know, I, I felt that myself when I, after being you know, a little bit rusty, had some execution problems with it and went from a seed that I would have come close to being sub 140 to instead being at like 155. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't say I uh, disagree with you on this one. Uh, I definitely think that IPPJ should be included and, you know... I don't know that I would say number one. That's something we can get into when we solidify our top ten, I think. Uh, certainly top three. I, I will definitely give you that. Uh, so I'm, I'm totally cool with this one. Um, the other thing I was thinking as we make this list is we'll explain why we include it like, like you've just done. Let's not get too into what it is or how to do it until we've got our full list together. And then we'll briefly explain each one as we go down the list. Mm-hmm. How's that sound? Yeah, sounds cool. pretty good. That's okay. I also okay. just want to quickly mention, just because, you know, I can see Axe's list already and we're talking mm-hmm. about it and stuff, there probably is going to be a lot of overlap because there's only a limited number of tricks that we can think of. I'm sure each one of us has like one or two things that'll be sort of like, oh, yeah, of course, to the other mm-hmm. guys. But uh, overall, like stuff like the Ice Palace Bomb Jump, I'd be surprised to not find that of each list of yeah. all of us you know of course I mean, of course i mean i'm almost thinking of this as like a like a draft for like a fantasy sports league where exactly where yeah. we're like all right with the first overall pick x takes the ice palace bomb jump and then exactly we'll see mm-hmm. at the end like who has the best team with the best team in yeah. quotes exactly. yeah and if we do four or five rounds we'll have 12 or 15 like if yours is taken you just have to pick another one and then we'll have this pool of like 12 to 15 that mm-hmm. we can reorder and, and argue about, basically. Yep. Yeah, sure. So, cool. All right, Herf, why don't you go ahead with your uh, first choice for your, for the trick draft list? All right, so I I was kind of debating of if I want to rate them the way you want us to rate them, which is by usefulness or by how much we think you should, you know, prioritize it in your learning. Mm-hmm. And the way I wanted to rate it, which is the ones I have the most fun with. 
Okay. But I ended up doing it the way that I think is the more useful stuff, which uh, which turned out that I think Silverless Ganon is probably one of those that I will put at the top. Probably not at the first place, but high near the top. And you say you're you are basing this off of uh, how difficult it is to do, or how often it comes up, or, or both? Uh, I'm ba- I'm basing this on how useful it can be to you if it does come up, and uh, I don't think it's super difficult. It is there is like a a sort of intimidation factor. I want to call it. I feel like the the actual doing isn't that hard once you get it down, but the the first hurdle of oh man, serverless cannon. That sounds like a lot of trouble. That's really a hard hump to get over and, you know, throw yourself into. And it, it, it makes it harder when you're nervous, obviously. Yeah. So, okay. uh, but, but I do think the reason I bring it up, because uh, I think if you are in a seed where your silver arrows are on the wrong side of Ganon's Tower or deep in a pendant dungeons that you're never going to visit normally, you can save yourself an insane amount of time over... Getting to the phase with the with the silver hint, uh, leaving the Ganon fight that you've already you know pushed to the fourth phase, going back to the dungeon that he mentions and looking through all the chests and then going back to the pyramid and doing everything all over again. Oh yeah, you, forget it. Yeah, I, I mean, and to be clear, you know, the reason we're even talking about this is to help people overcome issues and get a faster time, right? Like all of this exactly. is about going faster. So anything, you know, that that's sort of another thing that needs to be looked at is, you know, how much time can you make up by knowing how to do this versus how much time is it going to add if you don't? And that's a perfect example. Having to run out and get the silver arrows, like forget about it. Like there's no way you're going to be competitive if that's your situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that I would put that very high on the practice list. And, and I think a very good, very good submission. So X, any thoughts on that one? I, uh, you know, I had it on my list. If we're again, thinking of this in, in draft terms, uh, I think that's a good value pick because exactly mm-hmm. what Herf is saying, it saves you a ton of time in a certain area where you might need to use it. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Okay, well, I'll go ahead with mine. Um, I definitely like y'all's picks, uh, but I will go with the next uh, the next most important one in my eyes, and I'm going to go ahead and take Fake Flipper for this one. Um, the main reason, uh, really, to be honest, is I, I, I think it's really easy. Um, it, it's not too hard to learn, and once you do learn it, um, you know, in the process of trying to learn it, it's very uh, forgiving. You know, if you mess up, it just warps you right back to the land, and mm-hmm. you can try again. So um, it's it's really easy to learn, uh, and then the amount of value that it provides, if you are able to do it and pull it off and, and take advantage of it, I think is, is pretty significant, especially since normally when you're being asked to fake flipper or considering it, it's at the very beginning of a seed or in the first 15 to 20 minutes. That can really change the, tra- the trajectory of your entire run. Uh, you know, if you're able to, say, fake flipper and get some items that open up areas of the world that you couldn't have had otherwise, it could even get you out of having to do Aga 1 sometimes, which is really, really useful and obviously a huge time save. So for my top draft pick, I will submit fake flipper. I like it. Okay. I'm, uh, cool. I'm, I'm personally a, a well-known, uh, what should I call it? I feel like hater is a too strong of a word, but a, a denier of fake flippers. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah? Mm-hmm. A, I, a real I, flipper. 
Yeah, I just think... Uh, <laughs> That's the opposite yeah. of a fake flipper. It's, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, down with the fake flippers. Give me the real flippers or nothing. <laughs> no, I just feel like uh, it's... Uh, I'm a bit of a... When it comes to rando, I'm a bit of a purist, I want to say, in a way. I uh-huh. I barely... I barely use any of the more common glitches. I barely even know any of the dark rooms, to be honest. Like, I know the easy ones, which are uh, Eastern Palace, which we probably will get to, and uh, another one that I'm forgetting now. Oh, yeah, the Old Man, which is, like, another dark room that a baby can do, I want to say, almost, you know? So, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a little bit of a purist, but especially with fake flippers, I feel like, as you say, it can absolutely lead to a situation where you can sequence break yourself into Skipanaga 1, which is probably the the most significant time save you can get from a fake flipper. But to me, it, feel, it often feels like, all right, you're sequence breaking something. Maybe you're getting something good. But in the in the long term, if the seed wanted you to go up there, it'll probably give you flippers. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, debating... Now we're kind of having debate about yeah, sequence yeah. breaking in general, which is a whole... Probably a whole episode That's a whole different thing. Yeah, of course. So, but but you no, certainly no one would deny the, the need for their inclusion on this absolutely, list. Right? Absolutely, yeah. okay. I can 100% agree and see why you picked it, and I think it's a very good pick. Absolutely. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. We can debate the order here uh, when, mm-hmm. we, when we get to the end. Yeah. Um, okay. Are we, uh, are we doing the snake style, or uh, so you get to go again, or how are we? Uh, how are we doing this? <laughs> oh man! No, let's just let's just do one, two, three, one, two, All three. Right. So you're next. So it's back to me. So um, this is uh, another pick that uh, I think is not going to be much of a surprise, but uh, we're going to open up the dark room chest, and out of it, we're going to pull the eastern dark room. The first one, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So that okay. Yeah, the the front eastern, not the back eastern. Yeah, okay. um, that's a big difference. Yeah, front eastern. Uh, the reason I'm drafting it here, not so much of it because of its value, but because of its east easy to do, and that way you don't you can potentially avoid a double dip into eastern. Um, and it's in terms of execution, you probably only need to practice it one or two times to have it down because most of it is hold right, hold left, you're done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I I agree with that, and I can see that, and I think it's uh, the value is not to be underrated in a way because it'll even if you don't have the bow and you have to dip into eastern, it at least enables you to complete everything except for the you know like the big chest maybe probably the big chest as well, and then you can do everything but the boss. And if you have to come back, you don't have to do the long way all the way around again and stuff. You can just go straight to the back and finish it up. Yeah. Well, I, you know, definitely I, I, this would make this this makes my personal top ten for sure. Uh, I probably have picks I'd put in front of it, but definitely no arguments for me when it comes to its inclusion. So, let's move it right along. Herf, what's next for you? All right, well, my next one is one of the fun picks and not so much in the useful category, I guess. Or, I mean, it's useful, but it's not super useful. Uh, to me, it's it's a little bit of a, uh, of a, what do you call it, a bit of a toss-up between the two that I'm trying to decide for here. But I'm going to go for the item dashing, okay. which I think oh, is Oh, that's a, interesting. Yeah, I think it's, uh, as I said, I kind of had like two orders for my list. The one where it's like, how useful is this actually? And then the other one is like, how much fun do I have using it? And mm-hmm. there's 
little more fun than item dashing, I find. There's a couple more things that I also, one or two of them I see on Axe's list as well. But item dashing is fun, and it can also save you some time. As I said, it's not the most useful thing, but if you're able to, say, hammer dash through the nine hammer packs that are on the little bridge to pot from the bomb shop in the Dark World, you know, it's not huge, but it saves you some time. The biggest time save, probably from the hammer packs. If you manage to, you know, hammer dash through the four rows of packs instead of having to hammer them down individually, I'm sure everyone who didn't have boots knows the feeling of standing there and pressing your Y button like 400 million times. Yo, uh, that was you know, my last seat I had to do. Uh-huh. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's no fun. And, you know, who doesn't like dashing a, a item dashing around with a shovel every now and again? Absolutely. Um, the other cool thing about item dashing is, you know, once you learn it, and it is easy to learn. I'd say it's another one of those. Pretty pretty easy uh, mm-hmm. to pull off. You literally just have to hit two buttons at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can change the item that you're holding, and there's a lot of different applications for learning this trick. This is definitely a trick, too, by, like, the classic definition, you know, yeah, of, of that word. So um, I think that's a good inclusion. Uh, I, I'm interested to see where it ends up. I, I do think it has a shot at the top ten for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nice, nice inclusion. Axe, what do you think? Yeah, I uh, I had it on my list, but it was uh, a lot lower down. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to see what you pick next, Tim. Cool. Okay, for the next one, um, so I, I like you know I, I think it's time to start talking about dark rooms a little bit more. Um, I'm actually going to go with the Death Mountain Dark Room. Really? Oh. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. Here And here's why. You're, all it takes is about three to five minutes to learn it, and then you got it down. And it's one. Of, it's like riding a bike. Once you've done it one time from the front and then from the back, it, it's you'll never forget it because it's so simple and so easy. But the benefit to being able to head up to Death Mountain, this is similar to my fake flipper, you know, pitch honestly, because it was about having a sequence break and being able to maybe avoid having to do things in the intended, randomized, intended order. Uh, but you know, if you have uh, no lamp, but you do have, say, you know, hookshot or something like that, you can go up there and get to Paradox Cave, and that's seven, and, and then with Spiral uh, Cave, eight items that you can get early that you couldn't have otherwise got if you didn't know that dark room because you didn't have your lamp. Um, so with, with just the hook shot and gloves, you know, knowing that, and I, I gotta be honest for a long time, I just like, didn't touch it. I didn't try to do it. I, I, you know, and then I finally figured out how to do it. And now it's not like I do it every time, but I certainly do it often enough to where it's like, I'm glad I took the time to do that. And I, I strongly believe anyone who doesn't know how needs to just take the three to five minutes and, and, and do it. So that, that's what I'm going to submit for my second round is the death mountain dark room. Yeah. I, uh, I think it's interesting because I feel like it's it can sometimes really trip you up though because you can get out of sequence on the seed, and uh, that can really screw up your routing later on because you're you got to juggle if you you know he found bow on a sequence broken, you know Death Mountain, then you have to remember that oh yeah Pod and Eastern and all that isn't really in logic and it can sometimes be hard to keep that in your mind. Yeah, that's fair. I would accept yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, that kind of goes into the whole sequence breaking thing again, which is probably a difficult topic to approach at the same time. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not difficult, but kind of, you know, we could probably fill a whole episode just for sequence breaking alone, I would assume. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but one, you know, one. I will say, like in in races that are close, it's usually you know someone who takes the risk to go somewhere that they're pretty sure the other person probably didn't go mm-hmm. that can give them the edge to win that seed. You know, so I'm also trying to look at this in terms of you know we're kind of preparing people for this tournament, and there's going to be head to head races here. So it really, I think it would be useful to know the things that you should have in your in your back pocket you know to maybe give you a head you know leg up on the competition give you an option that Mm -hmm. you didn't have before against the person you're racing against yeah i mean i do agree that it's very easy to learn i honestly even though i didn't have it ranked i debated putting it on or eastern but um i feel like in terms of its utility it it just can be sometimes a bit of a trap pick Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, I'm 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 gonna do a little bit of, uh, of a deep dive on this one. So okay. all right, I'm <laughs> I'm I feel like also like that's a very interesting choice from you, Tim. But uh-huh. I I would approach it from two different angles. I feel like if you're um, so my my whole thing here is if you have the flute, I think the old man dark cave or dark room whatever you want to call it is mm-hmm. absolutely more valuable because um if you have the flute your death mountain is in logic anyways so the only thing that's not a logic from you know the start of the death mountain assuming you can't get to the rest is the dark man cave and even more importantly the spawn point that you get from the old man and rescuing him is uh, extremely valuable because you get a free health refill and it's the quickest way out the door so you can immediately flute somewhere else. I think we talked about that uh, yep. in yeah. one of our past episodes. Yeah, so, I hadn't even thought about that as, as part of the benefit. Yeah, you could so, save uh, seconds all over the place. <laughs> I mean, it's not a huge time save, but, you know, it kind of adds up if you save and quit a lot over the course right. of no, the Right, no, I game. mean, I, I wasn't being flippant. I was actually serious. You know, if, mm-hmm. let's say you do eight save and quits, but you're able to mm-hmm. unlock that on your second save and quit and say it saves you five seconds. Well, five times six, that's half a minute right there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And again, I have to I have to stress, it's so easy. Like, And, and that's another, I think that's really, that's why I started with that. Because mm-hmm. that's why I think it should be included. Is because once you do learn it, it's done. You you don't probably have to come back and practice it or anything like that. Yeah, that's fair. But the, the handicap of not knowing that, when you start to see the pieces fall into place and realize like, oh, you know, having that uh, start point would, would have really saved me some time or... Um, you know, I, I really could have used those eight items up the paradox because I'm pretty sure that it's looking like I'm going to have to do Aga otherwise, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, that's when I think it really, you know, even for those just few times, you're going to be so glad that you did that, that I think it has to be in the top 10. Okay. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Let's, uh, we're on to round three. Yep. So now we're getting into the, this is where, again, if we're thinking of this as a, a draft, this is where drafts are won and lost the. First two mm-hmm. rounds, usually those picks are pretty consensus, but uh, third round beyond, that's that's where you really get your value. And uh, I'm going to stick with the dark room theme, and I'm going to go with pod dark. And that's uh, the whole thing. That's dark maze going down to uh, Helmasaur, the whole shebang. Okay. Pod dark room. Dark maze. Dark maze. Yeah, I get But then I guess you also have the dark pod basement and i i want to put those two together oh yeah true uh, you're putting them together well 
I want to. You know, I, I think that's no, I think that's fair because they're they're right next to each other and that hallway one is really easy. I mean, you probably do need to practice it just to like remind yourself where those treasure chests are, but I I can see clumping this one together. Just this yeah, one. That, yeah, yeah, just this it, one. Because it's you, just a dash down. It, it that's what I'm saying. Like it's Yeah. You don't want to forget about the turtle room in the basement though. No, that that turtle room I'm willing to separate out because that 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 feels mm-hmm. a little different. That that's totally different. The second pod dark rooms, yeah, yeah, that's totally different. But I just wanted okay. to put those two parts together. And here's my logic: it's kind of hard, but you get so many chests out of it that otherwise it really makes like if you don't know how to do this and you don't have the lamp going into pod, I'd almost say you shouldn't even be trying to go into pod. Because your choices are so limited. It just really makes it so that early pod plays are viable. And it's very likely that the items in pod, you know, are go, you know, while I kind of poo pooed the Death Downton one, by the time you're in pod, you already have Dark World access. You've, if you're going into pod, you would hope to at least have the bow and hammer. Um, You know, it, it it I think just returns more value, so mm-hmm. uh, that's why I'm going with it, and I'm curious to see what you guys think. Okay, Eric, okay. what do you think? Um, yeah, this one I'm a little iffy on personally, to be honest. I feel like I can see where you're coming from, Max. I just think it's a little. I I probably if I would put it in the top ten, I will probably put it pretty low and you know a list like of, not eight eight through ten somewhere in there yeah probably yeah. nine or ten at best that's kind of what i was thinking but honestly something something the act said made me it kind of changed my mind which is you know if you don't know this and pod is available it's hard not to see it as like oh it's pod with two to three less items in it and it's a lot less attractive and it's almost that like mental hurdle when you it's like if you know that dark room you don't feel that way anymore and now you start seeing that as there are five chests there that is absolutely the play as opposed to there's three maybe five chests but i don't really know that dark room so i'm gonna go do um yeah. catfish instead you know so i, I think knowing it can really change it, the way it you think also about can make you use your keys in a smarter way if you don't know the pod dark rooms you might be messing around with the vanilla big key and all that and you know, you might go into the, um, I just totally forgot the name of it, the room with the, the spikes and the... Um, the Harmless Hallway. Yes, thank you, the Harmless yeah. Hallway. Um, you might be going in there. It, it just could lead to a lot of suboptimal play, I think. And, that, and yeah. the reason it's on here is not that it in and of itself is good to know, but it just blocks off a lot of poor decision making if you don't know it. Yeah. No, I, I like okay. this pick. I'm I'm looking forward to debating it out. I think it's a it's an it's an interesting one. Okay, um, all right. Well, I, to have, I have more things to say, but we'll we'll tell you still later. Okay. Well, I, I want to hear you talk about your next uh, trick. All right. Well, uh, I'm again trying to figure out: should I go for the usefulness or should I go for the funness? And I think we're kind of at the point where as Axe was saying if we were doing a draft here we're kind of at the point where the fun and the usefulness are kind of at the same level because we've mm-hmm. picked all the good ones yeah so i think uh next for me would probably be uh spin speed or super speed uh, yeah kind of super the speed. same thing 
it's kind of the same thing but done in a different way uh, i feel like learning how to spin speed is probably in quotes harder and more important than learning super speed but it's essentially the same thing herf i gotta say i don't like this pick i love this pick <laughs> <laughs> no, that is yeah, I that is serious value right there i honestly when i was looking i was debating between the pod dark maze super speed and like a mirror like other minor tricks but uh-huh. if you know that if you know the super speed or the spin speed and you get the things you need to do it early enough you're just saving bundles of time all over the place and you look really it's awesome. so good and it's it's really surprising once you start like digging into it a little bit deeper once you get used to the you know know like the the usual super speed or spin speed spots there's so much stuff like i have taken it probably costs me time but i've taken the uh, activating spin speed on the little stairs or steps in front of the priest and zelda in the sanctuary mm-hmm. and then just super speed running out of the church i it probably didn't realize costs you could do it time. there it's it's so much any fun. stairs i believe any yeah, manual any stairs. stairs yeah wow so, i didn't yeah, even think of that fellas i gotta say this one probably would not make my top 10 okay interesting oh, all right we've yeah, got a just... super speed denier here you're uh, unfortunately <laughs> two removed to one. from the podcast now <laughs> oh i'm not denying out. super speed i don't Next, deny uh, it one bit Next, you'll tell me you like the red boomerang over the blue boomerang, then we can't be friends anymore. Hey, let's oh, not no. talk about boomerangs. I don't want to break this podcast <laughs> up or anything. The most contentious topic, boomerangs. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I can't deny it's useful. I'm not saying it's not useful. Um, it's also fairly easy to learn, so it's got that going for it. But the application does not seem as... Uh, frequent as you guys I think are maybe making it out to sound like I I feel like it it doesn't come up that much and here's the thing that really sucks about it is when you have it you have the boots too so why not just use the boots because it looks really cool the boots aren't as uh, you can't maneuver as easily in the boots and you have to charge up your dash every time yeah 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 i accept that and you know and like i said i i'm not denying that it's a glitch that's worth learning i certainly think everyone should put it on their list i just don't know if it's gonna hit top 10 for me so we'll, we'll have to we'll have to battle that one out i guess okay I all okay. right all right um okay the next one for me um and you know i i think everyone can agree like the more or less the list we have is, is pretty solid and even if you just stuck to those first you know two rounds that we mentioned you'll be in pretty good shape um for me for the next one i am going to actually go with the ice palace hookshot bomb jump okay interesting okay and my reasoning is sort of similar to what axe was talking about with the pod basement which is into in my eyes it's sort of a mental block if you don't know it and you're walking towards the ice palace without the hook shot, you know, it, it could make you have to go all the way around ice palace the wrong way, which is super time consuming. Worst case scenario, you'll get locked in that room and then just fall off the cliff until you die and then have to start ice palace over again. Um, and uh, it's, it's again, you know, like we've said with a few others, it's not too hard. Uh, there are bomb jump tutorials out there that we've linked in the past that Hot link to the past. That's funny. Uh, that we've linked in the past <laughs> um, that help you through it. So 
I would I would probably put this one next. Like I said, I'm I'm not you know there. I could probably be convinced that other ones are higher, but I think this one deserves to at least be discussed in a uh, you know top ten, certainly top twelve type list. Mm, yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll allow it on, but it it seems like it's early. <laughs> okay. I, I think there's better value out there. Okay. Probably. Um, yeah. So quick, are we doing another? two picks each or one pick each or three or how many yeah when are we stopping um, let's do one let's do one more round one more okay. round about okay. that because so, then we'll yeah. have 12 and we can assemble those 12 and make a 10 out of that and then let's do some honorable mentions too before before right. we can put our list together. Um, okay go ahead oh this is this is where it gets hard um all right i'm gonna make a pretty i think this is gonna be a really controversial pick i am going to pick the bottle glitch that you can use in um, Pod to get past the um, the Igors. No man, I'm into that. I like that pick. Yeah, I, I think, think it's good. a good pick. I'm not sure if it's a top ten pick, but it's a it's a this is a good trick to have in your back pocket kind of trick. I think. I yeah. think I would more, maybe make that one a honorable mention. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at my list, and the problem is everything else feels too inconsequential. It doesn't... Nothing else opens up that I have on my kind of list that I was looking at. No, nothing else opens up things that you can't otherwise get, and that's sort mm-hmm. of been my, my theme so far. And okay. Bottle Glitch does. Everything else, while useful at this point, is pretty much just opening up things faster. This actually mm-hmm. will let you get somewhere and sequence break that okay. you otherwise couldn't. Yeah, oh, it's another one of those mental pod things, you know, where not knowing it can dissuade you from going to pod when it really should be where you go. Um, no, I, I I respect that pick. I, I think that's I think that's good. Um, and honestly, I so I I was just looking at my list. There are definitely a couple that I should have included over the hookshot bomb jump. So, <laughs> but it is nope, what it is. It's in there. It's in there. Yeah, yeah I mean, too bad. We're, we're never going to cover everything. And as it is with, like, top ten lists or lists of this sort, we're probably, Highly subjective. you know... Yeah, half the people listening to this are going to be like, why didn't you include this one? It's the most important trick in all of Zelda history. I'm counting on I, it. I, I, I know the trick that, that you might be that. referencing to, and uh, I, I hope that uh, we can say something about it after we've made all our picks, but I don't want to spoil your two picks. I don't know what you're talking about, so oh, yeah, I'll, 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 say something the one I'll say something okay. after you both are done. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, Herf, you're up. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The one that I wanted to mention, I think I'll, I'll say for an honorable mention because it's such a minuscule thing that it doesn't really matter. Uh, I think for my last one, I'm going to have to once again kind of cop one off of Axial's list, who is the only one who publicly posted his <laughs> list for I'm us no to read. Uh, and I think I'm going to be picking the spooky glitch. Yeah. Uh, Despite the fact that I have uh, no real knowledge of how to correctly do it, I kind of know the technical idea behind it and what it involves and what it does and why it works, but I've never pulled it off successfully. But I think, uh, in general, if you pull it off, it will always save you a whole bunch of time in uh, Mire. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I, I I have to take a little bit of issue with the fact that you're putting one up that you don't even know. Like, clearly yeah, there are things that are I more almost, important to learn if I you took the time to learn them. I glitch, and I don't know how to do it. I just no, I don't know how to do it because I've never say that. practiced. 
Just because I'm a very lazy man who doesn't play a lot of rando doesn't mean that's not an important trick to learn. That's fair. Yeah, and, and it I guess we're, cool. we're speaking academically. I wish know, I was the reference for all rando players. I really do, <laughs> but unfortunately, I'm very far from it. So. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. No, none of us needs to live up to that uh, standard. That's uh-huh. fair. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to throw up one. Like I said, I, I, I totally just forgot to mention this one because I do think it's more important than the IP hookshot bomb jump, and that's Master Sword Ganon. Mm-hmm. Isn't that really the same thing as Silverless Ganon, though? It's not, though, because no, one is not. about the one's about the silver arrows and one's about the type of sword. Oh, you have. right. One, yeah, because you have to spin all over the place. This, it's yeah, so it's all spins instead of slashes. Yeah. Because if you try to slash with the master sword, it, it literally mm-hmm. does not register. It I, doesn't work. It's funny because I've never practiced Silverless Ganon. I've only practiced Master Sword Silverless because I was like, well, might as well do two at once. Mm-hmm. I also really have a, a massive problem doing Master Sword Silver Ganon. I just, like, my brain just, it, it can't, like, I can't handle it. Like, I, there's no chance for me to stun that guy. I'll just silverless spin him until he's dead. Yeah, I just keep you on hitting him spin in the with, You can spin mm-hmm. with a tempered if you really want to. I mean, That's yeah, like. it's just, I see that Master Sword and somehow my brain's like, nope, you can't shoot a silver arrow at that guy. It doesn't matter yeah, that you, got, you have him. You gotta wait till he starts <laughs> teleporting to hit him. Ignore the That's fact funny. that you can just spin into him and then use your silvers and be done. But, yeah, yeah. no, I, uh... I, I I think that that's a good pick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I like I said, I, I I think I think it should be top ten for sure. But yeah. we'll we'll see how things shake out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that takes us to the end of our draft. Yeah, you know what makes me really happy? What? None of us picked hovering, and you know why? Because hovering <laughs> is stupid and useless, and it just no, don't hover. <laughs> Everyone, stop hovering. Stop talking about it. No more hovering. Let's let's stop it because then we don't have to learn it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can argue with that. I think hovering is extremely overrated by a ton of people. If I could hover, I would do it all the time. So I don't feel like I have any room to say anything because that would be pretty hypocritical. But uh, yeah, that's hovering. So let's talk about it for a second, just real quick, because I mean, it, no one can deny it's not useful. It's it, not you basically useful. Get, you get to you get to not find the hook shot. You know, but, there was that okay, qualifier we talked about all the time where the Andy but, one. Okay, let's let's, let's walk through the scenario where that actually is matter matters. So it has to be one where you don't have to do anything that anything in swamp. Be, or, yep. So you know, because to clear swamp, you need the hook shot. Then you need it so that you there is either a go mode item in the um, oh my god, I just the hook shot cave. Uh, yeah. that isn't on the first one that you can get to with bonks or it has to be that you can get all the way and the only thing you need the hookshot for is getting across Muldorm's pit it's just like how often does that come up and you have to practice hovering for like 8 million hours to get how, get down how to do it it's just it's not worth it it's a terrible return on your the time Right, and that's the other thing that I, that I wanted to get to, which is it, it's very difficult and it will take you a long time to learn. That's what I've heard from all accounts. I've never really played with it. I thought maybe you know one day we could try it just for fun. I don't know. But as far as what I know, it's it's just way too difficult to try to even mess around with if you don't know these you know 15 to 20 other things first. Like That should be so far back on your list of things to learn. Yeah, it's um, the only thing that's yeah. less useful is Darkroom Aga. Because yeah. you should There's, never do Darkroom uh, Aga. 
for yeah i agree with that but as far as hovering goes uh two things uh i wouldn't agree that it's completely useless i would say it's extremely useful in an extremely low amount of cases that's and, fair yeah and secondly that's, that's, that was what i was saying yeah yeah probably, i was being hyperbolic <laughs> yeah of course i know I, i'm just being a stickler here but <laughs> what, the, the, the more important thing that i want to mention is if uh you guys have seen any of the version 31 planning and kind of stuff that's been going around a little bit here or there. Um, there'll be interesting new possibilities for setting the goals. One will be that not uh, everything needs to be reachable, which uh, will probably have less of an effect. But more importantly, you'll be able to probably set some custom goals, things like uh, Ganon will be accessible after five crystals instead of seven. Hmm. Oh, and, that's interesting. Uh, once, once that comes into, we, we've had an interesting discussion, a couple of friends and I yesterday, once that comes into play, you'll probably see the effectiveness of hovering increase tenfold. Because oh, yeah. now, if you have a seed where you can pick out which five crystals are useful, you're always skipping swamp. And if you're yeah. always skipping swamp, you're never going to need a hookshot you know, except if something's in Hookshot Cave or whatever. But even then, if you can hover, you'll just hover there. Yeah. That's so suddenly, just... nobody needs to pick up a Hookshot anymore, and here we are. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's okay. a good point. I, uh, I'm looking forward to that, too. That's going to be I think awesome. it's a cool change. I uh, I still stand by my anti-hovering bias, but uh, we will totally. see where what happens and what is to come, and maybe I'll finally have to bite the bullet and start practicing. No, I really don't think you will have to, and I completely support you in your, uh, you know, unbridled rage and hate against hovering. Yeah. All right, so we've got a list, an unofficial list of 12 uh, tricks put together. Uh, They are, and this is in order that they were submitted, IPPJ, Silverless, Fake Flippers, the first Eastern Darkroom, Item Dashing, the Death Mountain Darkroom, Pod Dark Maze slash Dark Basement, Super Speed, the Hookshot Bomb Jump, Bottle Glitch, Spooky Glitch, and Master Sword Ganon. So before we get to the uh, unenviable task of trying to order these, uh, let's go ahead and talk about a few honorable mentions. I've got some that I uh, have actually conjured up here that I can share. Do you you guys want to maybe throw out a few first, though? Yeah, Uh, I only really have a single one that I want to mention, uh, and then I kind of feel like it's a really fun one, and it's kind of a really useless one, but it does save you a couple of seconds, and I mentioned it earlier, and it's the quick opening of King's Tomb. Oh yeah, that's Uh, cool. I I just think it's a cool trick, it looks fun, it saves you a bonk and a couple of seconds to walk back. Well, basically what it is, is you just hold out your sword to the side, you walk up against the grave, and you quickly push your A button, or your dash button if you have the boots, and the game will think you bonked against it, and it'll open up immediately. That's cool. I actually didn't know about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so my honorable mention, I'll, t- I'll make two honorable mention picks, because I had them on my list, and I never, I debated using them, but didn't. First one is the Skullwoods Bomb Jump. Uh, it really doesn't... All it does is save you a little bit of time. Um, it comes up not very often, but it's pretty easy to learn, like most bomb jumps. And the other one, which I'm surprised nobody tried to sneak in, is the mirror block erasure uh, that you can do once you've got the mirror and you push a block and you know just spam the mirror button to make it go mm-hmm. away. Very easy That's to funny. learn. That's funny. 
Yeah, I think the the reason no one can deny that's not extremely useful. I think the reason it wasn't included is because it's too easy. Exactly. It's you. I mean, everybody can do that. And yeah, you literally just spam the button while you push, and you did it. You know. Yeah. yeah. But it's su- super useful, but not deserving of your practice time. No. I guess, same you know? same thing with so. the Skullwood's bomb jump. Because if you can't do it, you can just walk out the front and go in the regular way. It's it wastes maybe twenty to thirty seconds, but you know who? How often yeah, are you need to open even. the big chest in Skull Woods? It's not that often. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't come up that often as well. So, um, I've got a few actually, and in fact, I'm, there's one that I'm maybe even worried. Uh, especially worried about my hookshot bomb jump submission now because I really think this needs to make it in, and that's Hulahan room. Is that really a trick? Mm, yeah, is I mean, that really a you trick? have to I learn how. If you don't know how, if you don't know how to do it, then you can't do it. You know, you have to learn how to do it first. Mm, yeah, on the one hand, yes. On the other hand, it's kind of like a learning how to push the Y button a lot to erase blocks with your mirror. It's not that hard to do. Well, since that one setup was found that you described in the last episode where you just go out of Sanctuary and, and walk sort of in a special way, and that, yeah, that is pretty easy, but, I mean, I would argue for a long time I wished I knew Hulahan Room, but just, like, as I was doing a seed, it would be like, oh, crap, I forgot to learn that again. You know, and just, like, for a long time I just didn't know it and I didn't have access to that, and mm-hmm. now I know it, and it's just, like, it's it's really game-changer to be able to say, like, oh, I, now I have access to, you know, uh, about... 270 rupees whenever i need it you know i think i think that's huge so that was one honorable match it doesn't sound like you guys are in favor anyway so it probably wouldn't have made our top 10 no so I guess... i'm kind of i'm kind of 50 50 on it i can sort of see it and i agree that it's a little bit of a trick if you don't know how to get into it you'll you'll probably not figure it out by yourself mm-hmm. so, so yeah yeah, yeah as an honorable it's mention I'll, I'll i'll allow it okay yeah i think honorable <laughs> yeah, mention is a good place a for it it's a fair honorable mention yeah um, and uh, another one was the blind script. And that's another one that's sort of debatable about, like, is that a trick or not? You know, I, I would argue that it is, but I also, it's another one that not, not none of us knows all three phases and we still get by just fine. You yeah, know, 95% if you know of the time. One and a half phases, you're more than adequate. Yeah, yeah so, I so think that's, I think, yeah. it's another good honorable mention. It's not a bad thing to know, but it's not something that you absolutely have to have down 100% to be successful. Yeah. And then my last honorable mention, and it's sort of a catch-all, I really do believe that any dark room that stands between you and a full clear of the seed should be looked at at some point. So the Eastern Dark Room number two, you know, to get through to to Armos Knight. The second... Yeah, the second pod dark room and Misery Mire dark room. I think all three of those, while I probably wouldn't put them top ten, and and I you know don't want to necessarily group them all together, they should be on your list at at some point. You're gonna have to do those. No, because uh, no Turtle Rock. Yeah. Oh, and Turtle Rock too. Yeah, the Turtle Rock one as well. Although that one's literally on rails, so it's a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, I I mean, because ultimately the goal is to be able to say, I don't need to find lamp in order to beat this game. You know, and, and if you can eliminate one of your go mode items from every single seed that you do, that's that's gonna help you more often than it hurts. So, I really would you know implore you to make sure you make to make some time to try to at least you know do a couple attempts at each of those. And here's another thing specific to our go mode tournament is it's gonna be a lot easier to do something like that if you have someone walking you through it as you do it. 
So if you are just even sort of familiar and you've done it once or twice in practice and then it's go time and you have someone saying, okay, now go left. All right, now you need to go up. Now remember, there's a there's a Dodongo right here. It's going to shoot fire at you. You know, then you'll probably be able to clear it. And that could be huge in a, a head-to-head race. So just wanted to say dark rooms, just because we didn't include every single one of them on this list doesn't mean that I don't think at least those three or four are not pretty important because I do. All right. So in terms of our list, since we have 12, do we want to like what one thing I wanted to ask before we got going is since we did this kind of draft to just generate the 12, you know, who, who do we think had the best list? And, you know, listeners, you can kind of judge yourselves. We can debate amongst ourselves. Uh, so we had me, uh, Axial. I picked the Ice Palace Bomb Jump. The front half of Eastern Dark Room, the Pod Dark Maze slash Dark Basement, and the Bottle Glitch. Herf had Silverless Ganon, Item Dashing, Super Speed slash Spin Speed, and the Spooky Glitch. And Timp had Fake Flippers, the Death Mountain Dark Room, the Ice Palace Hookshot Bomb Jump, and Master Sword Ganon. So who do we think actually had, like, if we were making a team of tricks, who has the best, like, trick team? I think you do, honestly. Yeah, yes. probably. <laughs> yeah, because you got IPBJ, which is so huge. And, um, you know, we talked in, in depth about Dark Maze. And you, you kind of snuck two in and one with Dark Maze and Dark Basement, you know. So, so you got a pretty stacked team. Yeah, I, so. I, I, I would, worked the refs a little bit to get that in. <laughs> yeah. I would argue that IPBJ and Silver Liskanen are probably my personal top two. Yeah, so I, they're, right. they're kind of a toss-up. If you take IPBJ off my list, I think Herf has the best list. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Just because it does have Silverless, and you know, you really can't deny that. You know, we we've already talked about the benefit of Spooky, to, mm-hmm. Spooky Glitch, and Item Dash, and Super Speed. So, yeah, I would agree. Um, and I went third. You know, so that's my excuse. Yeah, and it wasn't a snake draft. So if it had been Snake, you know, Tip would have been like, well, uh, clearly I would have, you know. <laughs> been much better with my picks exactly yeah all right so i have sort of an idea of how we can do this um we have our list of 12 in the order that they were selected it's uh since they're all out there it's not exactly going to be a surprise as we reveal these i think we need to start at the top and basically just rank these from top to bottom from most Mm -hmm. important to learn to least so that pretty much puts us you know to what herf just said which is we've got ippj IPPJ and Silverless, uh, as I think it's pretty clear, are, are top two for, for all of us. How yeah. are we going to decide which of these two goes first and, and which one's second? Because <sighs> hmm. I I think... personally, I would I would have to say Silverless first. And I can tell you why and give you my argument. Or maybe we just want to make our votes known first. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I'm, let's... I'm... Yeah, why don't we vote? Max, what would you and, say? What's, why don't we vote yeah. and, and explain our vote, and then we'll see whoever you know, whatever wins two gets two or three votes. That'll be it. So I'm going to defend my own pick here, and I'm going to vote Ice Palace Bomb Jump. It's close, um, but it just saves so much time in Ice Palace, and I would argue Ice Palace is borderline, you know, undoable without it in Rando. Okay, Herf, what about you? Um. Yeah, as I said earlier, it's kind of a toss-up for me, but I'm probably going to have to go with the Ice Palace Bomb Jump as well, just because you have a much higher chance of running, just randomly running into your silvers while you're playing a seed, 
And you can pretty much always benefit from knowing the Ice Palace bomb jump, even if you don't necessarily have to do it because you have the red cane or something. All right. Well, those are good arguments. I would still say Silverless, and my reasoning would be, you know, how often do you not have to do Ice Palace at all? You know, uh, so there's a basically three out of ten chance that it's going to be a pendant. And then of those three out of ten times, you know, sometimes you probably still will need a pendant dip. So there will be times where you go in even though it's pendant. So Right, but uh, that's, that's going to be upwards of probably 75% of your seats then. It's most times. I'll, I'll give you that. How, how often do you see Ganon? True. Yeah. How often do you see Ganon without silvers, though? Yeah, that's No, that's fair. Point. I get that. I get that. No, and that, that's basically what we're talking about. But I guess I mean to say you can count on fighting Ganon every single seed. So I think getting better at fighting Ganon will always make you better at A Link to the Past randomizer. Whereas sometimes you won't have an opportunity to use the Ice Palace bomb jump or even set foot in Ice Palace. So... While they both might happen with similar uh, frequency and, and come into play with similar frequency, I still think Silverless is a more useful skill. Because hmm. hmm. with Ice Palace Bomb Jump, I mean, you can still beat the game that way. But with Silverless, you have to go find the Silvers until you can beat the game. Uh, yeah. I, I'm um, keeping my vote what it was. Yeah, same. All right, I like I'm outvoted here. To, I like that it's two to one. That's. <laughs> Okay, some good that's discussion. fair. All right, that's fine. So at least we have our top two. We have Ice Palace Bomb Jump as the number one thing that you should learn uh, if you're going to try to get a faster randomizer time and you have some practice time. Number two is Silverless. Um, somebody make a case for the number three uh, based off of this list of the remaining ten that we have. What should that number three be? I think well, it's I mean, fake clearly. Flippers. Yeah. I don't really, know the rest for, of them should be all of my picks. Right, right, yeah. Her <laughs> I mean, should just be... Uh, yeah, item dash is definitely next. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, no, I, but... think th I think it gets hard once you get out of the maybe the top two or, or three because, like, if I'm trying to rank, I'm just looking at our list, like, the Death Mountain Dark Room versus the Pod Dark Maze, like, that's hard to really say one is definitely more useful than the other. Well, guess what, Axe? That's our job. That's what we said we were going to do, so get over the, it and pick one. The, the problem that I have after our first two that we picked now is that I think most, if not all, of the others, maybe with the exception of the spooky glitch, highly depend on your seed and the situation you're in. Like, sometimes learning the dark old man cave for the seed you're playing right now would have been the right choice while you've been practicing the eastern dark room for like a day or whatever you know that's a bad example because nobody's gonna practice that dark room for a day probably but you know right. I mean, it's it's about it, it time depends. sometimes the fake flipper to zora would have been the perfect choice for your seed but the next seed you play the fake flipper to zora costs you like a whole bunch of time because there's absolutely nothing there and you still need to do aga anyways Okay, so we all we all understand and accept and acknowledge that these are all very conditional and not you're not going to need all of them every single season. We, uh, we get that. Here, I need I need Tim. I need from you guys. I need from you. No, listen Tim, to him. Just I'm, because need you need you something doesn't mean we're gonna here, here force we go. this one I'm out. Gonna, I'm gonna overturn the apple cart. Master okay. Sword Ganon number three. 
I think so too. I think so too. Oh, God, that's <laughs> all that you, be... he wanted to hear. This guy. I think so no, no. Seriously, I think that should be number three for the exact same th- reason that I said for the Silverless is because you're gonna hit Ganon every single time, and if you are scrambling around looking for that third sword versus you're just marching straight to him, that's gonna be faster for you. And the only reason you wouldn't do it is because you don't know how yet. So I think you need to learn how if you don't want to be in that situation. I think it's important. I, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but you're not going to like the reason I wanted it third. And it's just because anytime you're thinking of this from a practice perspective, anytime you're practicing Silverless, you should just be practicing Master Sword Silverless, which gives you practice on both. I would agree with that, too. I, I think that's yeah. a valid reason to make it number three as well. Yeah, I can probably agree with that. I just right. personally think that Silverless is... How do I put this? I think a silverless Ganon is something you actually need to practice because it requires you to hit him at a very specific time. Uh, Master Sword Ganon you need to practice because it's hard, but there's not something specific you need to learn. You just need to remember to spin him instead of slashing him. So I would I would argue um, that you know I- even if you're practicing Master Sword Ganon, you're still practicing Ganon. You know, so you're getting his timing down, you're getting the movements, you're getting the how many hits does it take and getting better at counting those out. You're by practicing Master Sword Ganon and Silverless Ganon, honestly, you're still getting really good just like general Ganon practice. Yeah, but I don't I don't think that's a valid argument because you're getting Ganon practice if you're giving yourself Red Mail and Butter Sword. It's not very great Ganon practice, but if you're still looking at his movements and everything. So my vote for number three is Master Sword Ganon. <laughs> Another Where two you... two vote decision. Yeah, that's fair. I'll take it. I think that would have been my choice as well, but just because for a lack of being able to rank the other one, no much, no matter how much Tim wants us to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I already changed the list on our uh, shared document, so that pretty much solidifies it. Uh, so we have our top three. Um, how how are we going to? Uh, I think someone just needs to say what they think next should be and convince us. And if we are just absolutely so offended that we cannot allow it, we'll say something. <laughs> Otherwise, this is this is what it's going to be. And I, and I want to caution you, gentlemen, again. Remember, it's not just usefulness. There's also how easy it is to learn. I think something should be rated a little higher if it's easier because it's not going to take so long. And, and you know, that kind of plays into its usefulness as well. Um, so don't yeah, just think about, uh, don't just think about, you know. All right. In the interest of moving this along, I'm just going to say fake flippers. Yeah, should be sure. four. Should be sure. four. I agree. I'll go I with agree. that. All okay. right. Next, um, I'm gonna next. give uh, item dashing. Yeah, I'll agree. Only because that's gonna be useful in well, quote unquote, every seed. Of course, you're required to have boots, which, as we all know, is definitely not a thing in every seed. But it's uh, it's um, how do I, how do I say this correctly? You can use it in every seed that has the boots. It's not bound to a specific requirements like you yeah. not having a lamp or you not having a certain piece of equipment. Yeah, I I think you guys made a, a good argument for putting item dashing a little higher up than I would have probably put it, but I'm also uh, willing to you know accept that this is a group effort here and it's easy that that's one reason i want to put it as high as it is because it's very easy to learn and so I, I think it is worth you know 
learning that and, and learning it, you know, before maybe some of these other things. So we'll put item dashing at number five. We're halfway through. We're actually doing All better right. than I thought we would. All right. Um, so I think we probably need to look at a dark room next because we've got I was three gonna, dark rooms. I was going to say number six will probably be the eastern dark room for me, the first one. Okay. Just because it's one, if not the easiest dark room. And for the reasons we were talking about earlier, Eastern is uh, accessible very early on. You get an extra chest and you're able to clear out the full dungeon, say for the boss, even if you don't have the bow, if you know that dark room. I just think it can be very practical. Okay. Um, Axe, what do you think? Of these three dark rooms, would you put the front Eastern dark room first? I'm going to say yes, just to be agreeable, because uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to have... I, it would be very contentious, and uh, I want to have some, some nice kumbaya moments, so I oh, will agree uh, with her. Well, I'm sorry to inform you that I think the De- Death Mountain dark room should be first. I think it should be in front of the <laughs> Eastern dark room, because it's easier, right? Because that was another thing I said. It's, it's easy doesn't take a lot of time to learn, and it can open up a lot more of the seed that you would have got otherwise. They're both sequence breaks, so we can't really go by that anymore. I, well, okay, well, we'll, we'll have to agree to disagree. Maybe we'll have it 6A and 6B. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dark Rooms uh, Tier 1, front, front of Eastern and Dark Death Mountain. Yeah, fair enough. All right, well, I'm going to combine them doing it i said i wasn't going to and yet here i am (laughs) all right so that's like 6a and 6b all right and that's fine because we we came up with 12 of these so we we have one more to kind of play with and one that Mm -hmm. will make the cut um so do we want to put the pod dark maze slash dark basement at number seven or can somebody make a case for uh i'll tell you what we have left super speed the ice palace hookshot bomb jump bottle glitch and spooky glitch do we see any of those beating out the pod dark maze in uh usefulness hmm well i mean i was already a little bit against the pod dark maze and all that stuff earlier just because i think you guys are concentrating too much on what items you can get from the sequence break i mean yeah you can get additional items but they're all not in sequence you're not supposed to have them i actually again i'm gonna defend herf's pick i'm gonna move super speed up I would say okay. I played super speed above part dark mice and dark basement because just like the item dash and the fake flipper, it's pretty easy to do. And mm-hmm. it, it saves you time anytime you have the boots and potentially the items that you need to activate super speed. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm good with that. I, I do agree. I, I think the pod dark maze, it doesn't seem right for it to be as high up as seven and, and to be right behind those other dark rooms. Uh, but I could I could see it moving a little bit further back, and you know, like you said, I like that super speed and spin speed is a little easier to learn. I think that justifies moving it up on the list. Yeah, like uh, so we, you, you could probably spend twenty minutes and have super speed down for the rest of your rando days. Mm-hmm. So I think that and the fact that it's always useful is why it's so high. Same thing with item dashing; like they're not hard to learn, they don't save you a ton of time, but they're just so easy. And almost always, you're able to do it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I gotta say, I'm, I was almost thinking about maybe even putting the uh, Ice Palace Hookshot Room Bomb Jump up there, just because I think you know it's not that bad of a pick. It's uh, there's a lot of other bomb jumps that can be very useful, even though they're very minor time saves sometimes, like the 
the bomb jump over from uh, from Paradox Cave if you want to continue up to Spiral Cave and don't want to go the whole way around again. You know, you just bomb jump over that pit. It saves you a little bit of time. It's not a super hard bomb jump. But I think if you pull it off for the reasons you said earlier, Tim, you're able to, you know, quickly maybe even full clear your Ice Palace without having to go about about it from the other side and having to redo everything and all that stuff yeah yeah i uh hmm. it's kind of hard to say because the the uh, super speed or the spin speed will probably come into play more often than that bomb jump is but um, yeah i would probably maybe we'll put spin speed super speed at seven and then i would like maybe go 8a and 8b for uh, the the bomb jump and the pod dark maze or something like that. I could. I, I have I, a hard time lumping those together because uh, at least the other two were dark rooms both. But they're know. both they're both situational. They both make a dungeon easier to justify doing, because with the dark maze and dark basement for pod, you're saying, well, now I can go in even though I don't have the lamp. With the hookshot bomb jump and ice palace, it's now I can do ice palace without the hookshot. I don't know. I'm I'm okay with grouping them into an eight A and eight B. I mean, if you're not if you're against it, we can also put it at eight and nine. But they're very close, in in yeah, my opinion, I, for the reasons I, that Axe just said. I would I would say I like eight A and eight B, but otherwise, I would say um, maybe put the uh, hookshot bomb jump earlier than the pod dark maze, just because. There's other stuff in pod that could trip you up. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it being close. You know, like eight mm-hmm. and nine, you know, we'll, people can, you know, we can, we're saying right now, eight and nine could have gone the other way. It could have, could have been pod dark maze first and then I, IP hookshot bomb jump next. We just I mean, happened to, to land on eight, nine, you know? Yeah, to be fair, yeah. we already said in the beginning, after the first two, maybe the top three it's all uh, sort of, you know, subjective. I would argue, totally. you know, Ice Pals Bomb Jump, uh, Silverless Ganon, maybe Master Sword Ganon or whatever else. Those two, three things, we can all agree, super important. The rest, you know, kind of up for interpretation. If it's five or seven, it's not really that huge yeah. of a difference. Don't, don't tell all your friends, like, oh, well, you should never do the, the pod dark maze and dark basement because Go Mode Podcast said that was ninth and, like, you know, that's that's yeah. don't yeah. even bother learning it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not what we're trying to say. <laughs> yeah. So the last thing we have to figure out to put together our top ten, we have two more tricks to look at, and we've got one spot left. So somebody will make it in, somebody will not. We've got our bottle glitch and spooky glitch. I I personally have a pretty clear idea of what I think this should be. Do you? I do, but I'm. I have a feeling it's the diff, the other choice. No, <laughs> I, uh, I'm not going to say no. anything because I want to see if you guys pick different things. And for once, I I might get. We might have a tides break. <laughs> let's let's both say it on three. All right. Okay. One, two, three. Bottle Spooky. Glitch. Come on. Man. <laughs> I could have told you, man. The bottle glitch. Look, man. Pod has already gotten enough love in this trick list. People didn't even know what Spooky Glitch was until like a year ago. Yeah, exactly. We, no, we were doing useful. just fine. We were doing you just save, fine without it. You save a whole bomb. You save walking into another room and back. You save two screen transitions. You can get through that stupid little dark room maze there in no time with a spooky glitch. There's only one way to settle this. Axe, what is it? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so I'm going to talk for a bit, and then I'll give you my vote. 
so <laughs> the bottle glitch i i hear what you're saying herf it's it's marginally useful it's only useful in a situation where you're going into pod without a bow which that's generally something that's a terrible idea to do because you need a bow to finish pod uh tip i hear what you're saying spooky glitch is pretty new and not a lot of runners know how to do it but here is what i'm gonna say and if you i'm gonna do a dramatic pause my vote for the last inclusion on our list of top 10 tricks is spooky glitch I'm yes. not releasing this episode. No one's ever going to hear this episode because I'm not um, releasing it. But, but the reason I'm, I'm going to say that is because I think we should encourage more people to learn it. And I think it, anytime you're doing Mire, it's going to be useful. Whereas Bottle Glitch, while a sequence break and a pretty cool one at that, is only going to come up some of the time. Like less yeah. often than Spooky will. Yeah. No, that I, that's a solid reasoning. Um, it, the fact that it comes up more, and uh, I know there's a lot of guides out there that help walk you through it. It's probably not as hard as a lot of us think it is. And um, you know, we're talking about ten versus eleven. We're really splitting hairs at this point. Obviously, yeah. you know, it's. I think we've done a pretty good job with the ones before this to justify yeah. a, a little bit of opinion I, at the I end. I also yeah. wanted to vote for it because on my original list, I had it as ten. So, oh, okay. So you know, there's a little bit of bias there. That's, you shouldn't have said that. It's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, feelings okay. were hurt. Dissension no. amongst the podcast. No, it's all good. Okay, no, so, I did. I did uh, have bottle. I had bottle glitches nine. So you know, I'm I'm kind of crapping on my own pre rankings. You really you know, shouldn't have said that. I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling this is going to be that episode that was talked about where Tim will just cut together our word snippets and make us say what he wants us to say, and it'll be like, "Yes, Tim, no, I no. agree no. that the Ice Palace Hookshot Bomb Jump is the best." I would love to do that, but you jerks gave me less than 24 hours to edit this episode <laughs> this is before the, it goes out. That was the plan all along. We didn't yeah, that's what we had planned. Why do you think I wanted to move it to tomorrow? Oh my god. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Okay, well, no, I. all kidding aside, I think we've done some really good work here, and I, I do stand behind this list. Even though it's not my personal list, I will mint it as the official Go Mode Podcast recommended list of tricks to practice in preparation for the go mode podcast tournament or really any tournament so let's go ahead and read that off now number 10 spooky glitch number nine the pod dark maze slash dark basement number eight ice palace hookshot bomb jump number seven super speed slash spin speed 6a front eastern dark room and 6b death mountain dark room which we're going to call easy dark rooms those two that's six Number five, item dashing. Number four, fake flippers. Number three, master sword Ganon. And number two, silverless Ganon, which sort of combined to just be practice Ganon. And -hmm. then number one, the ice palace bomb jump. So that is our recommended list of tricks to practice. Um, I will do my best to provide you guys with some resources in the description of this episode. I've sort of got an idea of uh, you know creating a resource page that has links to all of these while not putting them in the episode description because that would totally ruin this episode so just check the description hopefully i came up with something to do to help you guys learn these and look at these a a little more um but uh that's our list and um like i said i feel pretty good about that 
Yeah, I think we came yeah. up with a pretty solid list. It's, uh, as we said, it's A, very highly subjective. You might completely disagree with what we just came up with, and that's totally fine. Feel free to write in with your top tens. Maybe you have a better one, maybe you have a different one. Yeah, uh, and the second one I want to say is that it's by no means a complete list either. We were saying uh, it's our top 10 pick. I think Timp alone came up with like 22 or 23 tricks. And yeah. there's probably a couple of missing as well. So, you know, there's like a whole plethora of things out there that this extremely broken game lets you do. <laughs> and uh, we hope we, we gave you a little insight and that we encourage you not only to check out the list that we made, but to maybe also seek out some information and more tricks or glitches or anything that might help you in your play by yourself. Yeah. Yep. You use this as an opportunity to go learn spooky glitch because it's an official on the list uh, glitch. <laughs> it made the list. Yep. All made right. Made the list. Okay, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, we have one email we received in the last couple weeks here, and this was sent to us from Black Wax, uh, who actually I believe just recently joined the Discord. We've, we've seen uh, Black Wax around in the Discord, so. Welcome, Black Wax, and uh, here is their question. They started it off by saying, hello there, guy, which I thought was funny. Um, all right, here it is. In regards to the Go Mode Mentor Tourney, first of all, I'm excited because I want to get better. I fully expect to get creamed and fast, but I'll learn in the process. That being said, in the interest of learning, I think it might be a really cool idea for the bracket stage. Uh, I think it might be a cool idea to... Okay, he has an idea for the bracket stage. That's what it said. Sorry, sorry. You mentioned watching other people play the same seed you played being helpful because uh, you can see how different choices affected everything. And I was thinking it might be cool for a runner to submit seeds that they have had trouble with in the past so they can watch other people play them. Now clearly you can't run a seed you've submitted and I know that a lot of practice seeds are generated with spoiler logs, but I don't think many people would be willing to cheat in a tournament meant to make you better. Nobody really wins in that scenario. But along those to make sure, is it possible to change a seed uh, a seed spoiler logs to one that was without spoiler logs just to get rid of the temptation anyways just an idea i'm excited either way and again that was an email from black wax so herf i shared this one with you in our uh private discord and you actually had uh something to say about the, the sharing of the uh seeds with spoiler logs yeah so just from a tournament admin standpoint i can totally see where they're coming from and uh, I, I see what they mean with it, but I just think it's uh, in general bad practice or a bad idea just because I feel like it, it's, um, it's a tournament admins or maybe even a bot's responsibility to generate a seat and maybe not more than five minutes before a race starts just to make sure, you know, everything's clear, everything's clean. And just from an organizational standpoint, even so you as an admin have an overview of when did the seeds go out? Do both guys have the same hashes? Is everything going well? Uh, I, I think it's just not really a feasible idea. But what I can suggest is if they really do sign up for the tournament and play in it, as they were saying in the email, the best way to learn is watch another player play your seed. So please play your seed, play your tournament match, and then go ahead and rewatch it, even if you lost. I know it's the hardest thing in the world. I don't mm -hmm. like rewatching seeds where I lost myself, but that's how you learn. You'll see 
you look, especially if it was restreamed, you'll have no better resource than a restream match of yours because you can watch what you're doing directly opposite of what your opponent was doing. And if they won, you can extremely easily most of the time, even, even if you're not very experienced, you'll see immediately, oh man, he did that. And because he did that, he beat me by 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, and I I agree with you. I don't think it's a bad idea at all to play a seed that's tough and say, hey, I just played this seed. Does anyone want to check it out? You know, a lot of people uh, have their own schedules at which they play, you know, maybe every week, every other week. And a lot of people just go and, and just download a, a new unique seed and play that. Why not play one that someone else has played and log your experiences and then you can come back and kind of chat with them about, oh, I did this. I found this here. My time was blank, you know. So mm -hmm. there's no reason we couldn't share seeds in, you know, for instance, our Go Mode podcast Discord. If anyone has a seed that they've run into that they thought was kind of weird, they want to see how someone else would handle it, post it, you know, try to give as little spoilers as possible. Or maybe you just want to straight up spoil it. I don't know. I suppose that's up to you. But um, no reason we can't share seeds and, and all take a look at them together. I just don't know if it would be feasible to pull that off in, a, in our tournament. A uh, quick little thing, please only share the direct links to your seats that you had trouble with on the link to the past randomizer side. Don't share the seats themselves because we don't really want Nintendo on our butts. No yes. piracy. Yes, very true. Thank you for that uh, disclaimer. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. Okay, well, that does it for us. That was our only fetch question. If you have a question for us, you can send it to us by emailing us, email at gomodepodcast.com. There's also that Discord we mentioned a couple times. We will put a link to join that in our description. Come by and join up. You can chat with us. Uh, we're also on Twitter at GoModePodcast. Happy to retweet your rando-related tweets. Um, so be sure to follow us there. Uh, one thing we haven't mentioned in a little while, please go, uh, if you have not done already and you enjoy the show, be sure to go into iTunes and rate us there. Uh, we've been sitting at 14 ratings for probably a good like two months and i know there's more of you out there than 14 so mm -hmm. if you have a moment and you enjoy the show uh please do you know take take a moment to rate us you don't have to leave a note if you don't want to just uh give us a star rating and uh, that's really helpful for us when you know we're trying to recommend the podcast to people um people really care about that kind of thing so it, it's helpful if you have an opportunity to rate it um you know please do so uh, all right, Axe, um, tell us about how we can watch you play Rando. Yeah, so uh, best way is on uh, Twitch at uh, SA underscore Axial. You can also find me on uh, our Discord, and I'm also in pretty much, I think, all of the Link to the Past Rando-related Discords, so you can see me there, and you know, I usually just kind of lurk and, and read and don't comment, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place there. Mm -hmm. All right, Herfy Durfy. Yeah, pretty much the same for me. You can find me on our Discord or any number of rando-related Discords. Uh, you can watch me play every now and again, more now again than before, at uh, twitch.tv under uh, slash herfydurfy. <clears throat> no underscores for me, thankfully. Cool. And uh, other than that, that's pretty much it. All right, well, not all of us can be so lucky. Uh, I'm twitch.tv slash temp underscore. I got that underscore. Uh, it's an <laughs> underscore of shame. It's underscore of unoriginality, but it, it's mine. So uh, be sure to check me out there. I usually uh, put on some music and, uh, you know, like to chat with people when, when I'm streaming. Uh, last Sunday had quite a few folks came, come in, including Herfie Durfee. So I wanted to say thanks, Herf, for coming to check me out. And yeah, no problem. Encourage me. Yeah. yeah, cool. 
All right. Well, that's going to do it uh, for us this time. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for my co-hosts, Axial and Herfy Durfee, uh, you know, I've been practicing my menuing. So uh, in the spirit of practicing, let me see how quickly I can menu to my mirror. Ready, set, go. Go.